I was impressed with how you were with the numbers. Right out of school, I was involved in a billion-dollar acquisition of a retail enterprise here in Canada. Wow, I didn't know that. That kind of threw me into the fire from a financial aspect. Always evolve and always revolutionize. Revolutionize. Back to the Be Revolutionary podcast. I am your host, Andrew Perry. Today, we have a very special guest, John Dobigan. That's it, right? That's correct. Nice. That's correct. So the reason why our guest is so special is because not only is John, not only are you new with Revel, but your role with Revel is so uh, crucial, I think, to where Revel's going in the next 12 months, next two years, next five years, next 10. So why don't you introduce yourself, explain your role a little bit, and we'll just start there. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. And that's uh, some very big words for uh, <laughs> a very uh, well-established brand. And so don't take it lightly that this role is very crucial to the future direction of the brand. But uh, you know, we're coming up on 10 years yep. as a brand, and there's a lot of history, a lot of culture, a lot of um, moving parts uh, that go into it. But um, to take this step into franchising is is massive for right. a real estate organization. Um, very few companies can get to this level where they're ready to take it to the next level, so to speak, yep. um, and really manage this process and, and more critically offer opportunities to others outside of the brand to, uh, to help facilitate the growth of Revel, but also the growth of individuals. I think that's a huge step forward for this brand mm. that uh, we're getting outside of our four walls and welcoming others that fit the culture, but uh, have aspirations to own and to grow something that is theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very much a part of our ecosystem, but still very much theirs. So very excited to right. have this opportunity to work with the team and to help you know get the brand to this this level where we want to go. I love it. So so what's the uh, what's the official title? For everybody out there. <laughs> the official title uh, is Director of Franchising and Development. Nice. Yeah. And so the franchising is is obvious, right? Um, we'll get into it, of course. But what is kind of, you, you, what I, in my experience over the last couple of weeks, which has been very eye-opening, is with your experience and your knowledge, the development aspect has been so crucial because um, not only are you helping search and, you know, find those right individuals to help our brand grow. But you're also doing a lot of, what's the word? Should Devel- I kind of, development's the word. Devel- yeah. Like, Cause like it, you're, you're basically giving us all of your knowledge through consulting as well. Like, I didn't know what, oh my gosh, half of what we were missing. There's so much that goes into development. It's such a broad term. I think consult and consulting is is very, you know, top of mind in this in this sphere where I'm um, focused, uh, providing just a different perspective, but also some a perspective and, and advice and knowledge that um, may be, you know, not inherent within this industry. So right. bringing other perspectives into what we're doing and, and not necessarily changing anything because uh, it's what, what we've been doing has, you know, led to our growth. So right. it's a matter of, of addition. Um, of, of adding new perspectives, uh, considering new things that we could be doing and 
um, challenging things that we've done, but yes. for the right reasons, you know, just, of course. just, uh, throw it out and have a discussion. Um, everybody's got a different opinion and that's what's been so great in the first five weeks since yeah. I joined is everybody's collaborating and, and discussing to mm. all ends just to try to get but better. That's true. <laughs> try to get better every day. Uh, try to, you know, up our game and, and be revolutionaries, um, so to speak. Right. It's, it's not easy to be the leader, uh, every day, yeah. but is it is it typical? Because uh, you have a lot of experience, and we'll we'll go into that. Is it typical for corporations or brands to have as many people as we do discuss and decide on things at our team meetings? <laughs> I, I I think the successful corporations do. Yeah, um, it's something that the element of collaboration. Yes, it's time consuming. Do you always get to a definitive answer? No, but everybody feels involved. Everybody. Yes internally as a company we feel ownership over what we do in our roles and we have some incredibly talented people in all facets of the business but one thing that is very evident even before i joined was you know th their commitment and their attachment to what they do and their role in the mm -hmm. company so i think you get that from allowing collaboration allowing everybody yeah. to to really say what's on their mind um mm -hmm. and without fear of repercussion and well and it's also like uh, you know it's not like you have the owner coming in with the whole head-turning initiative that just throws everybody off without any type of consultations between the staff, right? That And that's, that's a really uh, refreshing part is I think that's the rare piece is that someone who has dedicated their entire life to build something from the brand up um, and it really is, you know, a baby of somebody somewhere at some point in time, but they've opened their arms, opened their doors to allow others to contribute and... I think that's where the magic happens. So um, to your point, yeah, there's no one dictatorship. Um, yeah. Everybody's got great opinions. And I think, you know, you guys have welcomed me. And so thank you for that. It's been a really, it. really uh, good start to this uh, journey with Rebel. Good. Yeah. I love it. So let's talk now about uh, your previous history. Where did you start and these types of uh, experiences, was that uh, Tim Hortons? Was that the first? Yeah, yeah. Franchising, really, I was exposed to, you know, at Tim Hortons. My background from uh, my education is, is finance related. Okay. Um, right out of school, I was involved in a billion dollar acquisition of a retail enterprise here in Canada. Um, so that kind wow, of... Wow, I didn't know that. That kind of threw me into the fire from a financial aspect on all the moving pieces of, of what an M&A at, you know, two massively... Uh, massive publicly traded corporations and how they interact and, and all the paperwork and process that goes into place to kind of merge these business units together and create synergies. And ultimately, you know, you, you buy businesses because you feel that you can grow them, right? Um, that you are better positioned to, you know, champion and, and steward that organization and, and capitalize on, you know, what they have and then combine everything you have to create synergies. So, that's that's where I started. Uh, was exposed to real estate as part of that. We had over two hundred and fifty retail locations in Canada. Um, so working on the real estate portion of that was was most intriguing to me. Working on the people side, we had over fifteen hundred employees in this retail network. So considering everything that went into that and and optimizing how we you know managed our people, but how we trained our people, how we developed our people, how we empowered them to, you know, grow the business at, at a unit level so that it would all roll up into a national level and achieve our goals. So you really do have to get granular to achieve that huge growth target that you set at the beginning of the year. 
and, and, and work regionally, work with each individual leader that you have and, and get the most out of each of them so that you know you're going to get the most out of the entire organization. Right. So now that you're explaining your background, it makes a lot of sense because um, when we sat down and we're kind of discussing different models and how they would look, uh, how is it a win-win for not only the brand, but also new owners who want to come in and take advantage of the brand is um, I was impressed with you, how you were with the numbers. I didn't, I didn't expect that. I thought literally, I thought you were coming in, helping us with, you know, obviously finding people, contracts, your experiences and past, uh, you know, uh, dealings with how to interact with these types of investors and owners. And I was really impressed with, you were literally breaking down, okay, look, if, if we have these amount of agents based on these amount of deals, this is how much we should be asking. This is how much it's fair for both parties that could still win. And I was very impressed by that. Hey, thanks. And, and that's, that's kind of like, the, the base of, of a good franchising system is uh, the franchisor really takes into consideration, you know, their position in the marketplace, the value that they have to offer, and ultimately the price that people pay to obtain that value. It's, it's got to be realistic. It's got to be fair. It's got to allow for growth on both sides of, of that relationship. Um, the franchisor has a, has a lot of control mm-hmm. in, in, in that relationship. But um, finding a franchisor that really has your best interest in mind is something that prospects and candidates are encouraged to and should take a lot of time to determine um, if that relationship is, is mutually beneficial and healthy and, and forward looking. So mm-hmm. that's something that I really you know, looked, looked forward to, to coming into Revel and helping them kind of craft that and uh, get into the numbers, but also consider the real world implications of what those numbers meant, right? Uh, I think a lot of finance people kind of just look at a balance sheet or, or a profit and loss statement and just kind of, you know, write it off and, and, and say, okay, we set our goals for the year. That's great. But there's, there's moving parts behind the numbers. There's people right. involved, there's process involved, there's systems, and you really have to get down to the, to the granular level in order to achieve those numbers. You can't just put them on paper and expect to achieve them. Well, and also it helps you come up with a justified offering. Because, you know, as something as, um, you know, as brands and corporations go through in an infancy stage is we're like, well, how much do we charge? How much do we ask for? How much do we give? And I find that there has been instances in my experience where maybe on a, on a micro level where they just kind of say, you know what? I think X would work because, hey, I f- I'd be happy with that. But then they don't account for, okay, well, where are the expenses going? Where are, is, um, you know, what is the responsibility between franchisor and franchisee in terms of marketing and how much does that all cost? So I think breaking it down, you're literally saying, here's on average exactly what you can expect. Here's what we expect. And does it work for you? Yeah, it's, it's a conversation. It's, it's, uh, you know, there's, you can't ever sit and, and sort of, budget for everything or you know right you can't you can't say that you've considered every possible avenue the, the world's too complex for that but the more you think about it you, you can't be an, you sort of paralyzed by your analysis as they say um, but you have to show that you've put considerable amount of thought and energy into it and then roll with it and if it doesn't work and if there's something you haven't considered that um, does have a, a meaningful impact on the outcome adjust and, and pivot and, and be flexible and, and allow for that collaboration and creativity. I mean, 
you know, the, the leaders that we have in our system today, they, you know, on the calls that we have weekly and uh, just the amount of collaboration there between 21 people and, and growing. Um, we're learning from them. We're adjusting. We're considering. We're including. Um, that makes us stronger. Um, and and just because you know what what we work, have today works and it's it's allowed for tremendous growth, um, there may be tweaks going forward that we we can't pr- foresee today, either market driven or internally driven. So mm-hmm. just being able to kind of step back and 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 always evolve and always um, yeah. you know. Revolutionize, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> I love exactly. that. So, okay. Now, without going into too much of our uh, contracts, of course, because we do have privacy and NDAs and all that. Yeah. So, mm. just on the very basic level, what is the difference between mm. a corporation or a corporate office and a franchise office? Yeah, great question. And, and something that comes up in every discussion and something we're very forward about is that uh, a franchise agreement is, uh, and the reason for franchising is really to permit growth outside of our current geography. Um, we've had interest in, in multiple provinces um, that will continue to grow as we market towards those opportunities. And, you know, we operate within the confines of, of RICO here in Ontario. And, mm-hmm. you know, the corporate side of it, we, we've been allowed to uh, have regional management in place to kind of help us, you know, oversee those agents in different markets. Um, but going forward, as we continue to grow even locally in Ontario, um, we're going to need to kind of abide by more of the process and, and have, um, you know, additional broker of records in place. And so with a franchise, you do need a, a separate broker of record, right. um, to manage and oversee the transactions and the, and the due process, uh, especially outside of the province. That's, that's absolutely critical. We don't have an established brokerage in, in other, um, geographies in Canada. So, um, looking to establish that, we'll need strong local, uh, regional leadership. Yep. Um, so that's the key difference: is is when you when a franchise agreement is involved, there's a separate broker of record involved, and um, you know that from there, it, there's multiple paths forward from there. But that's right. a key one. And then um, the ownership, ownership is is a very um, you know it's it's front and center in this is that. Uh, on a corporate level, there's there's structure in place to be fairly compensated, but on on a franchise side, um, you know the compensation is is very similar. But what what it boils down to is that you own the asset; it's yeah. yours to control. Um, you know, owning a business is is much different than managing a business. That's right. Um, owning a business is very long term thinking. I, I know uh, as entrepreneurs, we all think that and we want overnight success in business especially at owning corporations and owning um, assets. But the reality is that overnight success in business is rare. And so the, the true st- strategic uh, entrepreneur is thinking long-term, um, 10 plus years, and, and the effort that they put in on a daily basis is going towards building an asset that they can plan around, whether yes. it's um, passing down within their family, selling within the greater network of, of the brand that they're associated, or selling outside of um, you know, their, their internal network, but they, they have much more control over the decisions they make. Um, and the support is the same on both sides. We, we're going to support a franchise just as we support a corporate office. And, uh, I think that's what is, is really key is you're not alone. If you own something and you want to build something for your future, um, pick, 
pick an organization, pick a system that has really good support in place to, to help you through the, you know, the, the times ahead. They're not, right. it's not always up. It's not always down, but um, the support will get you through both and, and keep you going. Right. So we're not just saying, okay, invest in the brand. Here you go. That's right. Right. Yeah. It's more of, you know, these support systems that you're speaking of. So give us a couple of really good examples of, you know, how a new owner can, you know, because one, one thing before we get into that, that I love about Revel and, and the way we collaborate is that you could be a 10-year veteran, a three-year veteran. You could do 20 deals, 100 deals. You could be an investor for 40, 50 years. We have something for everyone and we make it easy for those people who are like in my position, who started out after only three years and being able to, you know, r help run one of our offices. Right. Right. So what I love about that is that we completely packaged basically everything you need to get you off the ground. Yeah. The legwork's done. Yeah, it is done. And the hard work is done. I mean, look at, you know, the story of Revel, you know, starting at Ground Zero, one agent, a new fresh brand, no one's ever heard of it. It's got a story behind it. But, you know, there's there's a number of barriers that, um, you know, someone starting a brokerage today as an independent has to overcome. And, and absolutely. And, and it, you know, it's hard to say if it's more barriers today than it was 10 years ago, but there are a number of barriers in both situations. Right. So absolutely. we've encountered them, we've overcome them. Uh, we continue to overcome any barriers that are thrown in our way. And, and really that allows for somebody stepping into uh, a Revel franchise to have that experience from day one and have that knowledge and resource behind them that, you know, they, they shouldn't have to in, in encounter those barriers. Um, and if, if the barriers are still there because of process involving external agencies, then we have the expertise to, you know, manage yeah. those, right? We, we yeah. know how long it takes. We know the paperwork, we know how to get through them. Um, and, and it's just, uh, one less thing that they have to really worry about. Um, because in this business, the number one and the most important thing that they should be focused on is, is, um, attracting and developing real estate agents is leveraging their network and, and influence to build that business. Mm -hmm. um, so if, if we can part of it, yeah, it, it, you know, that's, that's what this business is based upon. And if we can take away some of that administrative and, and operational effort on a daily basis, on a yearly basis, then, you know, they're in a, a better position in their marketplace. And so not to cheapen everything, but you could almost say it's like a brokerage in a box. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's, that's, for, yeah, that's a perfect way to describe it, Andrew. And so, um, just don't tell Ryan Indica I said that. Um, <laughs> anyways, so what, um, about, what about the, the actual systems that we provide? What are, if you would have to say, you know, top three value add points would be that any new investor or ownership can really start taking advantage of right away? Yeah. Like, I think a big one is, you know, the way that we are, we, we approach the financial model. That's a big one is, you know, it lessens the burden on cash flow. Yep. Um, we, we really do consider, you know, that this is real estate's a seasonal um, industry. Most are. Um, so how, how can we facilitate, you know, the development of their business over the years and, and make sure that they're in a strong financial position and strengthen their financial position? Uh, that's a big one. The other systems are, you know, what a modern real estate agent requires in their business right. and really... So um, like tech, marketing. Yeah, tech and marketing. I mean, it's not a differentiator 
everyone's got tech and marketing out there. Yep. Um, but it's a matter of all the process that goes into it, right? Setting up the tech, setting up the systems, all that goes into making that tech function and, and be functional for the agents. Yep. You know, they're leaning into our, us and our 10 years of experience in the real estate market, guiding, directing, tweaking um, how agents use it, tapping into that knowledge and resource uh, and having it from day mm -hmm. one. And then on the marketing front, you know, us managing that huge, huge beast of a, of a, uh, of a system from the creation of, of new marketing and seasonal marketing and, and having assets and resources available at all times for agents and brokerages to take advantage of. Yeah. And if they want to add on top of it, they will and they, and they should, but they've got this huge foundation to build upon instead of starting at, at ground zero. It's great. I love how you said that because we do, um, you know, love promoting personal brands, other company brands, you know, like the fine estates team, yeah. right. You know, it has a slightly different look and feel, but what, what I love about Revel is, and you're right. Companies do have tech to offer the realtors. Now they do have marketing to offer, but I think the difference of maybe not the technology side, but some of the marketing from some of the other brokerages that I've seen versus, you know, it's just, yeah. you know, that we're innovative. We don't have to rely on, or sure, you know what? Maybe we don't have the advantage of relying on 50, 100 years worth of high quality branding. Um, you know, some of the bigger guys so the where consumer. I'm going with that, right? Where yeah. we had to know and adapt. We've rebranded multiple times because we know that in order to stick out, in order to break through the glass ceiling, so to speak, we have to be different. And if you're constantly fighting almost like an underdog you get stronger you get more resilient and then you kind of come out with this different grit i, I feel i love it yeah and you're you're so right that you know we're 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 in the we're in the trenches right we have a vested interest in making our marketing the best possible and most you know relevant in the marketplace for our own benefit yeah so what better partner um in this space can you think of you know, then someone that's, you know, stands to benefit in the same regard, right? We're in that's this, right. we're in this that's together. Right. Um, and you look outside at other industries, right? Like some of the most successful brands of all time really haven't changed that dramatically. Right. You know, look at Apple's logo and over the years, it's gone from maybe white to black to rainbow for a year yeah. to silver, <laughs> but back to white. It's, it's always been the same sort of shape and size. They've experimented with different things to appeal to whatever was popular at the at time. The time. But like, it's not drastic. It's not like, yeah. it's, it's all about consistency, right? And so when you're trying to build mindshare in the consumer space, whether you're an agent marketing to your database and your clients, you want to be consistent. You want to, you want to stay modern and relevant, but you don't want to be drastically different. Right. Right. Because then you're confusing them. I agree. I so, agree. So how do you, you know, that fine line. And that's something that when I look at the marketing materials over the years at Revel, They've done a really good job, and and even recently we've we've looked out outside to external consultants and and to help us and make sure that exactly. we're on the right track, and that just goes back to speak to our ability to collaborate and and our openness to accept other people's opinions, whether yes. whether we Huge. use them or not. It's it's collecting that insight, that feedback, and and sort of making decisions from there. Right. I agree. And what I you know I, um, I'm a firm believer in who, not how. 
So it's who can help us grow? Who can help us get to where we need to go? Is it internally? Is it externally? And it's not necessarily, you don't just go around and say, how can I do this? How can we do this? It's who can help us get there? And that's why I love the fact that Revel is that collaborative space. Um, Now, what is, let's kind of move more back into franchising again. And, And how does... What what makes maybe from a branding standpoint from our company what makes a good market you know well worth investing in? Uh, what what makes a market worth investing? Yeah. in? Yeah, I think that there's opportunity everywhere in every market. There's opportunities. So just because you look at the statistics and say this brand or this company owns X amount of market share, I mean, you know, it's it's not theirs forever. Yeah, right? like you have to fight for everything that you want. Um, and that's sort of like you, you mentioned it, that, that underdog mentality is that we want to continuously improve and we want to get better and provide better. And that's just in our spirit that we can do better. And they, that clients, customers, agents, brokers, owners, everybody deserves better. And so, you know, we, that's in our DNA to take that, that we want to do better and provide it to others and, and make it available to them. So, you know, from what you want to invest in a market, you have to have that spirit. Like if you don't have that spirit to go out and and steal market share away, Mm -hmm. then like, what are you doing? Right. You're not, are you in business? Like, I don't think you'll be in business very long if you just think that you're, you're entitled to uh, a certain amount of business or that because of your history, because of you, you've operated 50 years that, you know, you're entitled to that market share and that's those, right. those, that that's business. So, um, yeah, the, the spirit is what's key. And, and that's, that, that, that feeds into culture, right? right? And, and, and who we are as people and, and who we are as a community of people. So, so would it be fair then to say that, um, you're not necessarily looking at the market, which would bring a good investment for the brand or, or uh, franchisee, but it, uh, it's more about who, it's about who, like right. you said, right? It's about who who out there wants that opportunity. Yeah, and and the mar- we can make the market, right? We can make the market if if you have the right spirit, you're not going to see boundaries, you're not going to see limits. There, from an analytical side, we we go really deep on on classifying markets. Like I I could tell you how many offices I think should be in every city in Canada, mm-hmm. based on census data and and a whole another. Th- uh, set of data that I'm, yeah. I'm able to pull in. Right. And <laughs> yeah, I can no. do the analysis, but that's just a basis. If we, again, if we were to, you know, make every decision based off of paper and pen and analysis, you know, we're forgetting about who out there and, and really are they the right person? Are we attracting the right person? And, you know, can we take somebody that wants to set the world on fire and show them the way, right? Like that's, that's more powerful to me. I think that those are some of the best leaders that I've met in this industry is, you know, they're, they're of the same mindset. I agree. I agree. So how, what about, um, internally are, are there, cause we, we have a lot of people, um, obviously, I mean, it's great and thank you guys for always listening. Uh, but we have a lot of people in the brokerage that continuously listen to the show. So how are there opportunities internally for either people to start something or, uh, maybe they already have a corporate office yeah, and make those types of moves into a franchise. Yeah. I think that you're right. There's a lot of really high quality, you know, um, leaders in our system that have the right spirit and the right mindset. And so, 
we're already talking with a few of them and we encourage everybody to come forward and have a conversation with us about what it yeah. could look like. We're, we're, you know, we want to provide opportunities internally first. Um, that's just, you know, a much better decision culturally to, I agree, um, to provide those to the people. So we're, we're in, we're in talks with a few, we encourage more and you know, what it looks like from there is really up to the individual and what's right for the brand and the company. I think, can we incentivize someone to step outside of, you know, their comfort zone a little bit and, and really push the boundaries and, and maybe, you know, they have some connections in other markets. Can they, can we find a way to, in, you know, enable that connection and enable that opportunity into something bigger mm. um, instead of going to that market right away and finding somebody that's outside of the brand that knows the market. Um, it's tough, but it's possible. I think, mm-hmm. you know, these people understand the brand internally and if they're championing the brand and the culture and the t- tools and the tech and the marketing in a new market for them, you know, and they, and they don't give up, they can make it work. I know. I and, agree. and with our help, like back to the value prop on the development side, like that's, that's a key differentiator is that we have boots on the ground. Not only are our 21 leaders involved in, in, you know, sharing and collaborating and, and wanting everybody to do well. So you've got 21 sort of like people that are going through it already, but you also have the corporate staff and, and me leading the way in sort of that business con- consultation yeah. um, approach and making sure that you have a plan, that you have the right mindset, that you're, you know, you have the regular check-ins, that, you know, you're doing the right things, what activities, what systems do you need in your business? And so that's the development side of the value prop is, you know, you really do have this sort of business coach helping you from, you know, all the way before you commit yep, all the way through. Like it's, it's, it's a full life cycle, um, sort of consult consulting service that, yeah. you know, that's where I specialize and that's where I'm comfortable and I, and I, I enjoy working with people and, and, you know, seeing them achieve those goals that they set. I love it. I love it. So, you know, how do you think Revel can, um, get out there a little more. What, what do you think is uh, something that we can implement in the next 12 months? And, you know, for other brokerages out there who are listening to this too, like, like what if you had to, um, well, you do have to, cause you're here. <laughs> this is why you're here. Yeah. So like you're coming in, like what's, what's a good strategy for somebody who's looking to grow? I just like, like a business, like think of it as like an agent or a team leader, like you're the rainmaker, right? So you gotta, you gotta continuously be expanding your network um, you've got to be consistent in your in your marketing and your approach and your messaging so that, yeah. you know, anybody that you're adding to your sphere, anybody that you're adding to your network um, is seeing the same message over and over and over. Um, and really what you need to get across and what you need to more so demonstrate is the value, right? So you can market and you can have conversations all day long, but if you're not demonstrating the value, if they're not feeling, if they're not experiencing the value, and that's, that's a big part is the brand experience. Mm-hmm. Um, then you're, you're no closer to growing and expanding your business, right? You can, you can market and message and, and send text and articles and, and images all across the web. But if you're not face to face with people, if you're not sh- letting them experience what you have to offer, then they're, they're going to be focused on what is it going to cost? Right. I agree. And, and then you're in, you're in the battle as an agent in the listing presentation about commission. So, you know, what experience are you providing? And then what are you charging for that experience? That's a, you, you put experience first, yeah. price is second, right? So that's, that's where we're focused is sending that consistent message, mm-hmm. creating more, um, 
expanding the network, meeting with more people that um, may have never even considered ownership mm-hmm. because, you know, the, the traditional way of doing this is a little bit, um, it, it presents more barriers, right? So if, if we're kind of first to the, the if we're the first to the, the, the starting line saying, yeah. listen, it's not all the barriers are there anymore because we've removed them. That's a new message. So we've got to consistently market that over a certain amount of time until people start to experience that, Hey, yeah, actually now that I'm thinking about, it, I've done some homework and this, this, and this barrier that I thought were, were an issue wouldn't be an issue with you guys. So now they're, now they're closer to taking that step forward into a leadership or an ownership role, but it's going to take time and, and they need to experience that more than being told. And then, so would you encourage then somebody who might have a team or somebody who might have a brokerage or even somebody who's even, you know, just on that kind of cusp of getting into a leadership role? Do you think it's it's worth their time to reach out to you and even just start a conversation, even if there might be a year or two, five years out? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so much that goes into this from a planning perspective and um, the last thing you want to do is rush into something. I agree. So get the conversation started, figure out, you know, one or two things that you can take away that you could maybe look into more, maybe something clicks a week later and, and you want to have another conversation. Um, it's just more about being, um, sort of a shepherd on, on their journey of ex- explore, exploring what that pathway yeah. could look like. Um, you know, and it's different between a, a, a like a, a top agent or if they have a team leader, they may have some staff, maybe they want to leverage that into, you know, providing more income. They're already paying the expense. Maybe they have a location, Yeah. you know, and maybe they can welcome yeah. some other agents, but in a team concept, maybe they're, maybe they, they have a little bit of the blinders on still thinking I'm, I'm adding to my team. I'm adding to my team. You know, what happens if you expand your message a little bit and have some strong individual agents that want to leverage your systems, but not be part of your team. All right. So maybe start a team on on their own. Yeah. Take your systems and process. So everything that an agent is a top agent is doing, everything that a top team leader is doing, they, they can leverage what they're doing and create other income streams. And that's, that's really the conversation that we try to get to. And and if they can see that and, and, and get comfortable with that, then they're going to, they're going to be more likely to take the next step. And I also think too, is that guys, if you're listening to this, um, there could be a lot of people that don't know what they're actually capable of. And like, you know what? Yeah. I can't open a brokerage. I can't open a, a, you know, my own space. I can't hire this person, that person. You'd honestly be very surprised. I wouldn't say necessarily how easy it is, but how simple it can be. And how, you know, as as stress-free as we try to make it as as possible for you. And so that's one of the reasons why I joined Revel is not just because of those types of opportunities that could be provided, but more of the support of how I could actually get there. I was very, very uh, surprised about the support that it's not just like, you know, how do I start a team? Well, I don't know, go read a book. No, it's it's like here's how you do it. Here's how we can help you get there. And honestly, it is that simple. And not only do we help, you know, from a financial standpoint and create that business plan as John said, but we can also help with marketing, recruiting. We can help you from an educational standpoint. We can literally train your agents for you. 
which I think is is absolutely a huge benefit because what is the number one thing that people I, I don't know about you but the number one thing that people tell me about start ah oh, I would love to start a team but I don't got time to train them I don't got time to babysit okay let us do that for you absolutely couldn't say it better myself that's that's exactly the attitude that we have and you know we want people to just take the leap and, and yeah. go after you know it's human like we think about you know the, the human condition right and it's natural to doubt to doubt yourself and to, you know, think that you're not capable. And, but the fact that you're doubting it means that it's real. Yeah. Like you can't doubt something that's not real. So if you want to build and own an office and you're doubting yourself, but you really want to do it, remember, like you're doubting because it's real. You may as well, you know, take that next step and, and start the process. And you don't, you, you eat an elephant one, but one bite at a time. Yeah. You don't, you don't eat it overnight. And so that's where we come in. We, we, we tell you which bite to take first and we help you along the way. <laughs> so like it, it, it is, it's simple. And, and it's, it's more about getting over that barrier in your own head first, because all the other barriers out there that are preventing you from doing uh, your own brokerage are things that we've experienced and we can help you navigate. I love that. And it's a good spot to end. Um, but also, you know what? Just this conversation here is making me realize that, you know, I think we should, you know, you have there's franchise expos and stuff. We should do our own. We should just do we should just do an information night, invite a whole bunch of people and you know, let's just show them how we can give them that playbook to own their own brokerage. I love it, yeah. Let's get going on it. All right, let's do it, right? Yeah. Nikki, it's uh, in your hands, or more Emily <laughs> in Rebecca's hands, maybe. Uh, anyways, thank you so much for listening. If you're watching this podcast, please subscribe to the channel. If you're listening on Spotify, we would love to uh, you know, gain you as a listener ongoing. So smash that uh, follow button, notification bell, and you'll be notified as soon as we drop a new episode. So thank you very much. Take care.